You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Sophie is off tonight. We'll begin in Richmond where at least one person is in critical condition after a car smashed into a restaurant earlier today. Jordan Armstrong is live at number three road on Westminster Highway and he joins us now with more. And Jordan, what do we know about how this crash happened so far? Chris, a lot of questions still tonight. We believe the injured person is a restaurant employee. She was taken to hospital just before 11 a.m. And at last word, her condition was critical. I'll step out of the way here and give you a closer look at the damage. It almost looks like a bomb went off inside the Chung Chun rice hot dog joint. How the driver of a Tesla ended up crashing into the place, which was still closed at the time, is still unknown. But the vehicle's onboard cameras and computer may help investigators get this one sorted out. Now, we know the Tesla had an end decal on the back, but we're not sure if it was a novice driver behind the wheel. We spoke with a woman who was working next door when the crash happened. I heard a pump sound and I went went out of the store and saw a car crashed into the store and uh, many people around here and call 911. I'm scared. I heard someone yelled and uh, loud. Just after 3 o'clock this afternoon, the vehicle was towed away. Firefighters were standing by just in case the Tesla's batteries erupted, but that did not happen. The business owner came by as well to assess the damage and retrieve the worker's personal belongings. He was too distraught to speak on camera. Now, as horrible as this was, it could have been worse had it occurred an hour later during the lunch rush. No word tonight on any possible charges against the driver. Chris? So thankful no one else was hurt there. All right, Jordan, that's Jordan Armstrong reporting in Richmond for us tonight. Now, Vancouver escort Jessica Kane is facing some new charges in Alberta. She's accused of drugging and stealing from an alleged client. Global News first reported that Kane was being investigated by that province's alert team in March. As Ramina Dea reports, police say the new offenses allegedly occurred when she was out on bail. Vancouver escort Jessica Kane has been under investigation for almost a year now by an elite law enforcement agency out of Alberta called Alert. The Human Trafficking Unit alleges Kane was purportedly working in the sex trade in Calgary when a man came forward to police reporting he had been drugged and robbed in 2022. A lot of concerns about reputation and embarrassment and um, also concerns about even just coming forward because they, they're fearful that we may charge them. In this case, that is not what we are looking for. We are concerned for the safety of people. Ms. Kane, can I have a word with you? Excuse me? Can I talk to you about the allegations? Kane was on $50,000 bail for similar charges laid in Surrey at the time of the alleged offenses in Calgary. Alert believes there are other potential victims in Alberta who may have been reluctant to come forward. The time frame, October to December 2022. We are asking them to, to try and find the courage to come forward to speak to us. 
because this is this is a very dangerous situation that and she is preying on people that she knows will not report to police. Kane is facing six charges in Alberta. Robbery, overcome resistance by administering a drug, and four counts of breach of a release order out of BC. Alert says Kane may have used a number of aliases, including Claudia, Kimmy, Bambi, Becca, and Angel. In a stunning turn of events, Kane's Vancouver trial did not proceed Wednesday because Crown stayed charges of robbery and administering an overpowering drug. The BC Prosecution Service not saying why specifically. We also learned the most serious Surrey charge of manslaughter in connection to the death of Dustin Lefebvre has also been stayed. Again, no specific reason given why. Kane remains in custody on the remainder of the Surrey file. She's facing 20 charges dating back to 2021, including administering a stupefying drug, robbery and extortion. None of the charges in Alberta or BC have been proven in court. Kane's lawyers have not responded to our emails. The escorts trial on the Surrey charges is scheduled for April. Romina Dea, Global News. Vancouver police say they arrested hundreds of shoplifters and recovered tens of thousands of dollars worth of stolen merchandise during their latest enforcement blitz. But as Janet Brown reports, Businesses wonder what, if anything, will happen to the people they arrested. At this wine shop on Davie Street, the owner says he is fed up with crime in the area. There is no reason on earth why anyone should not feel safe at work. Vancouver police say a recent two-week campaign in mid-September, the third phase of Project Barcode, targeting some of the city's chronic and violent shoplifters, resulted in 258 arrests and $57,000 in stolen merchandise. There's still work that needs to be done. We will continue to proactively target chronic shoplifters and violent thieves until everybody feels safe again. Police say they have seen the impact of theft and violent shoplifting in other North American cities, where some major retailers have been targeted and as a result decided to close. We are determined to not that, let that happen here in Vancouver. Employers are also spending millions of their own money on security measures in Vancouver, but not all businesses can afford to take these steps. In general, most retailers have seen at least a 20% increase in retail theft over the last couple of years, and some dramatically more. An industry with significant rising costs and narrow margins, this can be devastating financially, especially for smaller businesses. Smaller businesses in the city say what police are doing is a good start, but until the judicial system sees improvements, nothing they say will change. So we need people either, you know, to be put in jail, uh, those that need help, get help. Small business is the heartbeat of any city. If that dies, uh, we're, in, we're in for a big, big problem. The VPD also targeted thieves who moved from city to city, resulting in 82 shoplifting arrests. And Claridi, who was robbed at gunpoint in his previous store, is hoping the initiatives work. Janet Brown, Global News. The B.C. government's new rules limiting short-term rentals are facing growing opposition with people across many sectors warning of unintended consequences. The new rules put many vacation and event plans up in the air, and as Richard Zussman reports, 
There are concerns about accommodations for workers in construction, film and other industries. There's a lot going into any wedding. The flowers, the dress, the venue. But now a new stressor. Where will the guests stay if they've booked a short-term rental? They either have to move their 50 family members or 50 guests into an expensive hotel, which may not have capacity anyways, or they can't have people come to their wedding. With short-term rental restrictions now law in BC, the scramble begins. Companies like Airbnb and Verbo have until next May to comply. But if someone has a room booked for next summer, they may be out of luck. If you have an event, uh, it's important to ask your host if they're compliant. And because if the host is not compliant, the host has to cancel the event. It's just one of the many ramifications of new rules, restricting rental solely to a person's primary residence and an additional home suite. Here at Air Lobby, more than 20 employees are working, offering everything from laundry, bag drop-off to concierge services. This legislation means they will have to close. Closing the doors in this way, whoa, is... Um, it's a, it's a real, yeah, it's a, it's a real hard hit. Government's action has the film industry worried as well. They rely heavily on short-term rentals for cast and crew and are concerned that this will cut the available rooms. If it weren't for Airbnb and short-term rentals, we would be forced out of the province. BC Film would be, uh, would definitely suffer. And cut. This film shot here in Victoria relying heavily on short-term rentals and the flexibility it brings. We tried to book hotels first and there was no, um, there was no way to book our, our, our cast and our crew at hotels. Shooting in Victoria, it, uh, it, it, it became the only option to do Airbnb. The province committing to support building more hotels, but those won't be available for years. Richard Zospin, Global News, Victoria. Vancouver City Council is considering a change that could help kickstart construction on an unused piece of prime real estate. The Little Mountain community was home to many when it was torn down for new development. But that new development has never happened. And as Travis Prasad reports, the City of Vancouver is trying to get it jump-started. The year was 2008. BC Place still had its old roof. And a new singer by the name of Katy Perry was number one on the pop charts. It's also the year Vancouver developer Holborn Properties bought the Little Mountain lands for $334 million with plans for a new four-phase residential development of more than 1,500 units. Fifteen years later, that prime plot of land atop Vancouver is still empty, but perhaps not for much longer. Well, I'm kind of pinching myself as well. City Councillor Mike Klassen says the developer has not been able to borrow money for the project because of the contract requirement to build 234 units of social housing before getting started on the 1,400 market condos. Holborn is now asking the city to lift the holds on occupancy permits for phases one and two so they can start construction of the market housing. City staff is recommending council approve that request. The developers made it really clear that they're going to get that social housing built, but they, and for them to be able to go to the banks and get the financing to get this project going, they needed to come and get uh, the occupancy permits available on a couple of their market buildings. But some question whether the updated contract would require the developer to make good on the long-promised social housing. 
Is it enforceable? Or uh, is Holborn going to be able to build the market units, pretend to build the social units, and drag out the social units forever? Holborn did not respond to our request for comment. The city staff report says the developer wants to break ground next spring. It's been sitting here for 15 years. We can't have it go that much longer. We've got to get this housing built. Council is expected to decide on lifting occupancy permit holds next Wednesday. Travis Prasad, Global News. On the topic of development, most of Metro Vancouver's suburban communities have pushed through a plan that could increase development costs by tens of thousands of dollars per project. The fees help pay for water and sewer expansion, but are an added burden for developers. As Aaron MacArthur reports, the increases were approved over objections from Vancouver and the federal government. In a mostly empty boardroom, Metro Vancouver directors voted online to make building homes more expensive. And we have 58 votes for and 82 votes against the motion is defeated. The vote adding tens of thousands of dollars to the cost of building everything from single family homes to apartment complexes. A single family home will see its development cost charges go from $10,000 to $34,000. But we firmly believe growth should be paid for growth. There was enormous pressure on the board to delay or reject those additional costs. Earlier in October, the federal government paused tens of millions of dollars in accelerator funding set aside for projects in Burnaby and Surrey. The housing minister eventually writing a letter to the board offering alternative strategies to free up that money. Sean Fraser suggesting the board delay the enactment of the DCC increase to allow for additional in-stream protection and pushing for exemptions for purpose-built rentals and non-market units provided by the private sector. Having uh, the minister involved in this way and actually uh, trying to doc talk to individual cities and municipalities about a metro, what Metro is trying to do, I, I found that concerning. Um, but I'm glad that our board came together and debated, made a good decision, and we have a majority direction to move forward. The provincial housing minister was also pushing for a pause. So I think that Minister Fraser's proposal is very reasonable uh, and certainly hoping that uh, the Metro Vancouver mayors consider it uh, so that we can finally get those important federal dollars into our communities. While Vancouver councillors were mostly in favour of the modifications, suburban mayors and councillors had enough support to carry the vote. I hope they would put on the table delaying or getting rid of the litany of federal and provincial policies that are having a far greater impact on housing affordability than this. The board did include a new amendment to study the effect of these increased DCCs. If the extra charges have a negative impact on growth, the board can adjust the total. It's unclear what steps the federal government will take with the promised accelerator funding. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Drivers were shocked when a stretch of the Coquihalla turned into a fireworks show. The crash that sparked thousands of explosions in the air. Next on the News Hour. Dedicated carvers keep an ancient tradition afloat in the Heisler Nation with a major project still ahead. That's later on the news hour. And Coquitlam homeowners could barely believe it when a pumpkin thief showed up. More on that story a little bit later. Right now, though, a lot of people are sharing that incredible video of a spectacular free but accidental fireworks show on Highway 1, not the Coquihalla, in Near Hope last night. Krista Dow shows us what caused it and how the local fire chief 
And sure glad it didn't happen during the summer. The show went off without warning. Fireworks piercing the night sky on Highway 1 near Hope, treating drivers to a spectacular display. That's a first, and it, 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 that's wild. <laughs> it was kind of cool to look for, look at, but really, yeah. like, it's kind of scary that that could happen. The stunning explosives lasted for about an hour, caused by an unexpected chain of events. A semi-truck rear-ended a pickup truck around 10 Thursday evening, igniting thousands of rounds of fireworks in the trailer of the pickup. The fire then spread to the pickup, temporarily shutting down Highway 1. It was quite hot and, uh, and a lot of explosives going in every direction into the trees, uh, onto other nearby vehicles and such. So The smell of scorched earth, plastic and gunpowder still lingers in the air the following day. And it wasn't exactly difficult to find remnants of that spectacular fireworks show with all of that debris just being littered across Highway 1. Hope's fire chief says this could have been devastating with the potential to spread if it happened earlier in the season. With the dryness of the past summer, this could have been a lot worse for sure. Uh, there was a lot of fireworks that were firing uh, in towards the, the trees and the nearby uh, brush. So, I mean, uh, it wouldn't have taken much for it to really get going. They're lucky that it's not so dry out that nothing crazy happened. Holy jeez, no, we've had enough fires around here. Thankfully, there were only minor injuries. Firefighters letting the explosives go off until they could safely move in. Uh, we just stayed clear until it died down and then uh, our crews moved in and started our attack. Waiting and watching a once-in-a-lifetime show. Krista Dow, Global News. Halloween fireworks are a uniquely B.C. tradition, but this could be the last year the night will be filled with the colorful explosions. There are now only two cities in Metro Vancouver where fireworks sales are still allowed. And as Angela Jung reports, they're both in the process of ending sales. These guys are cool, yeah. The Hellfire, Typhoon. Buying fireworks from a brick and mortar store could be a thing of the past. We used to actually have uh, 30 plus stores, like 30, 35 stores where we used to operate in the lower mainland. Now it's gone down to just one. Soon it may be none. In July, Port Moody Fire Rescue recommended the ban of fireworks. Majority of the time it's burns of some kind. If it's not a, a, a human burn, it's a building that's been uh, torched because of these uh, careless use of fireworks. It's not just a fire risk, but he says these colorful light shows can also impact the environment and pets. Council unanimously just voted to ban fireworks. It's really good. I mean, it just becomes such a hassle on Halloween, unfortunately. This one I could do for 100 bucks. The ban takes effect November 1st, joining the majority of Metro Vancouver, leaving the district of North Van as the only municipality where people can buy fireworks. But it is considering changing that. They're one of those traditions that really brings people together, friends and neighbours, to enjoy a, a small fireworks display on Halloween, and I think that's a positive thing. The reality is I, I think we probably will see a ban. I, I don't think uh, I'm going to be in the, on the winning side of this particular vote. This will go to a public meeting in December. Altogether 112. Customers say they're disappointed it will be harder to buy fireworks legally.
Well, I think that's the key word there is legally. I think people will still do it. There's always places to buy and sell whatever you want. Yeah, I already have another place that I'm thinking of out in Mission, so. Yeah. Fireworks can easily be purchased online. There are no regulations. Sim Sahoda says virtual sales have been exploding in popularity. Last five years, a lot of customers have been ordering online. And I think in the future, it's just going to increase even more. But the physical shop will be closing its doors. It was like a tradition for me every year. And I would always look forward to it. But now it's all over. Angela Jung, Global News. Coming up, old growth forests on the chopping block. Allegations that outdated government data is putting more of these giants at risk. And how the mighty elasmosaur just became BC's fossil emblem. Good evening. Final clearing stages of a stall here northbound at mid-span on the Patello Bridge. As you can see the tow truck is just pushing the vehicle over the bridge deck. Kermat Collision and Autoglass's newest location is in Vancouver on Southwest Marine Drive, conveniently located between Canby and Oak. Kermac, the most trusted name in collision repair for 50 years. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One at the Patello Bridge. An environmental group is claiming thousands of hectares of B.C. old-growth trees are at risk because of what it refers to as government data errors. As Paul Johnson reports, the province is being urged to take action before it's too late. Folks like myself are continually coming across incredible areas. T.J. Watt would know. As one of B.C.'s most legendary big tree hunters, He's the guy that discovered the magnificent Avatar Grove, leading to its protection. So when he spots an ancient forest of significance, people listen. The forest that we've documented here in, in Quatsino territory, again, is filled with these enormous red cedars, some of which are more than 10 feet or 3 meters wide, likely well over 1,000 years old. The forest is in remote territory west of Port McNeil. Video shot by the Ancient Forest Alliance shows massive cedars still standing, but also the stumps of those recently cut and a new logging road pushing into the forest. It's a situation, he says, that shouldn't have happened. Uh, if you were to walk into this forest, by all accounts, it meets the uh, independent old growth science panel's criteria for deferral. Watts' belief is that the government got the age of this forest wrong and miscategorized it easy enough to do in a province the size of BC. But while there's a method available for logging companies to correct a mistake like this and take a forest out of protection, there's no way to do the opposite. Right now the BC government is only using field verification to subtract and not add logging deferrals. The Ministry of Forests told Global News Friday that they're investing in new technology such as LIDAR and doing more field sampling to get better data about the age of forests. And while conservationists like Watt were celebrating news this week about historic new funding to protect more of BC's dwindling ancient forests, the loophole that they've spotted in the rules means it's likely too late for these massive cedars near Quatsino Sound. Paul Johnson, Global News. And just ahead, resurrecting a nearly lost art. The Heisla Carvers keeping tradition alive with big plans to make an ocean-going canoe. And new incentive to get moving if you spend a lot of time sitting around.
Traffic is busy but steady in both directions over here at the Alex Fraser Bridge tonight. There's still plenty of leftover volume on the east-west connector through Richmond in both directions, though. Through Kermac Cares for Kids, expert care for your vehicle helps provide expert care for kids. Kermac is celebrating 50 years of collision and auto glass services. Choose the best. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One at the Alex Fraser Bridge. Canada's residential school system was set up to wipe out the beliefs and customs of Indigenous nations across this country. But many Indigenous peoples are working to reclaim what was lost. In the Heisla Nation, that includes revitalizing the tradition of canoe carving. Elizabeth McSheffrey has the story. It's truly a labor of love for the Heisla Nation's Tom Cordero. <sighs> He's put in countless grueling hours of carving, and this is just a practice canoe. I made a 10-footer, um, and I'm um, just finishing up my 12-footer. Eventually, Cordero hopes to build a full-length, ocean-going canoe from this log that was delivered unexpectedly on his late grandfather's birthday. Thank you. He's going to live through me. Cordero's Baba was also a canoe builder, but died before he could teach Cordero the ancient craft. But I do know that he's pretty proud right now. There'll be a day when I'll be on those canoes in the water and he'll be smiling down. Cordero was able to find a mentor, teaching him not only how to carve, but to help keep this important tradition alive. See that tool I made up, Tommy? Mike Robinson is also building his first canoe as an adult, but picked up the tools of the trade by watching his father as a child. There weren't many people at the time who knew much about carving because it had become almost a dead art. 36 feet of red cedar, inspired by the story of an elder. And he referred to the cedar tree. It has a spirit, he said. Our people called that spirit Mgugu. He'd influence somebody's thinking and he'd get that person to build a canoe. I think that's what's happened to me. <laughs> Mike's canoe will be the first ocean-going canoe built in the Heisla Nation in 30 years. He says he wants to use it for hunting, fishing, and inspiring others. It's a uh, survival of the ability to make ocean-going canoes. Like, uh, I think I'm the last person here that can, that can do it. <sighs> the passion to breathe new life into a near-dying art, sinking deep into the very being of his apprentice. I'm there to help keep it alive. And uh, I'd like to see us paddle to Bella Bella one day in the gathering of the canoes. A proud tradition kept afloat, but first, more practice for those still learning. Elizabeth McSheffrey, Global News, Kitimat Village. In Health Matters tonight, a new study shows 22 minutes of moderate physical activity every day might be enough to offset the unhealthy lifestyle of sitting for long periods of time. The research published in the British Journal of Sports Medicine found a brisk walk around the block, skating, biking, playing tennis, or even mowing the lawn for 22 minutes can help. Statistics Canada says Canadian adults spend an average of 9.8 hours a day in sedentary behavior. That lifestyle increases a person's risk for hypertension, obesity, depression, 
chronic conditions and premature mortality. So get up and get moving. Just ahead, the fuss over a fossil. The ferocious looking marine creature just elevated to new status in BC. And in sports, the Iron Man of ice time for the Canucks. How Quinn Hughes just keeps going and going. And well, you get the idea. All right, a large marine reptile, the elasmosaur, is now BC's official fossil emblem. The elasmosaur lived along the BC coast approximately 80 million years ago. The first fossil of the animal in BC was discovered in 1988, marking the first fossil of its kind found west of the Canadian Rockies. It's now on display at the Courtney and District Museum and Paleontology Centre. The province says the designation will help raise awareness about BC's fossil heritage. What an amazing specimen. Okay, beautiful sunshine out there today, but crisp and cool. Here's Christy with a look at the weekend forecast now. Christy. Thanks so much, Chris. So today, officially in Metro Vancouver, we dropped down to zero degrees. First frost across, well, we had frosty conditions yesterday, but it didn't drop down to actually zero degrees in Metro Vancouver. Uh, yesterday. It did this morning. Here's a look at a photo from Oliver showing the blue sky and I love the combination of that blue sky with the fall colors and you will be able to enjoy that this weekend that's for sure. Overnight lows though last night were very cold. We were in the minus teens and through the interior regions and most of the south coast was at or below zero. You can see Victoria at three degrees though. Today daytime highs did not reach very much. Look at that two degrees in Prince George only one in Fort Nelson example and you can Expect similar conditions again tomorrow. In fact, Metro Vancouver will be even chillier tomorrow. Strong northerly flow still holding strong across the region, and that ridge of high pressure is going to hold through the weekend, protecting us from any moisture. As we head into Tuesday, which of course is Halloween, it looks like the ridge is still there, but we're definitely on the back edge of it. It looks like much of the province, though, will be enjoying a dry Halloween. Here's a look at your forecast for your Saturday. So once again, overnight lows well below zero and we're expecting only single digits and through the interior regions and along most of the south coast seven degrees will be our daytime high in metro vancouver typical for this time of year is 10 we're expecting to climb back to near seasonal values monday tuesday and of course tuesday being halloween so it looks like we will see uh, dry conditions at this point i always urge everyone when it's a few days away keep tuning back in especially when it comes to trying to plan your uh, kids halloween costume tonight's center windows weather window comes from Lakels Lake. I think that's how you pronounce the name. Doug said, boo, looks like an, uh, a ghost in the lake there in the ice. So such a cool shot. Thanks to Doug for sharing that with us. Chris, back to you. A perfect image to get us into our next story because a bear in Coquitlam has been caught on camera getting a little too much into the Halloween spirit. Take a look at this. The black bear walks into a front yard on Gabriola Drive. You see those pumpkins in the bottom right corner there. He takes off with one of them. It's unclear what happened to the decorative gourd, but bears are preparing for their long winter slumber, and they eat nonstop during the fall months to fatten up for hibernation. Personally, I prefer pumpkin pie, but, you know, bears will eat anything, and raw pumpkin is obviously one of those things. Let's check in with Squire now and a look at sports. Now, we can't really verify... That's an actual bear. It could be a dude dressed up as a bear. It is that time of year. Could be. Uh, Quinn Hughes has said that training and nutritional changes he has made, he made them this summer, 
It's added more gas to his tank this season. So the way I'm, I'm taking care of my body, I can play aggressive and, um, you know, bring, bring it the way I want it every night. He is ninth overall right now in the NHL when it comes to ice time. That likely will not drop too far this year. He's going to play a lot of minutes as the season goes along. All right, thanks, Squire. Also tonight, say no to bad with satellite debris. Yeah, they're in action tonight. very soon, the Canucks. The Canucks, actually tonight and tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So two games in a row for Vancouver. All right. The uh, Canucks, as we know, did not get the Blues about that recent five-game road trip, but they do have the Blues because St. Louis is in town tonight. The Blues shut out Calgary last night, 3 nothing. so they're on a bit of a roll. Uh, Thatcher Demko is going to start in goal for Vancouver. Jordan Binnington for the Blues with Demko in goal tonight. That means... Casey DeSmith will start tomorrow against the New York Rangers. Now, it's likely the Canucks will have exactly the same lineup you saw in Nashville when they beat the uh, Predators on Tuesday. At practice this morning, Barry DeLay was there. He talked with Canucks defenseman Ian Cole, who was very excited to show us his new skates. Those are the skates of uh, Ian Cole. Now, you didn't take the, uh, the pregame skate or the uh, morning skate, but you're wearing skates. What's the deal I with did. that? I had to bake them. I had to get them going, you know, get the new pair going. Since every, what, month or two, try to get a new pair going. And these ones are, these, these are, I think these are, they, they feel nice. Mm -hmm. so. when, are, when are they ready for game action? Uh, a couple practices. One, two practices. And if they're, they're a good pair, they're, they're ready to go. Also, it makes me look a little taller for the media. So oh, I look. Right. <laughs> yes, you are. You're a big guy. Okay, first game back after a five-game road trip. Everyone's heard this. It's, it's happened. We've seen the Canucks previous years come back. That first game back, for some reason, they sometimes they don't play very well. Is there something to that? And if there is, how do you, you know, play play well and not have that affect you? You know what it comes down to is every game's hard. So we need to make sure we get ourselves ready and uh, get ourselves ready to go tonight because. You know, St. Louis Blues, and we had the lineup up earlier. They got a, they got a good lineup, a really good lineup. And, uh, you know, they got a lot of good players in that team. And, and obviously, they had a great game against Calgary last night, so it's going to be a challenge. The one thing that's been really consistent has been your goaltending. I mean, mm -hmm. not only great saves, but they've not let in any of those goals that are deflating goals. Right, right. I, I know it's obvious, but how, how important is that for you guys? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's great. Um, you know, I, I've been in situations where, you know, you don't necessarily trust the goaltender to make all the saves that he should, and you're, you're trying too hard to not let any shots in, right, or not let any shots up, right? You're diving in front of shots, you're doing this, and you're inevitably almost let up more high-quality chances trying to limit every shot. Um, you know, when our goalies have been playing as well as they have, uh, we have no problem giving up shots on the outside and letting them do their jobs. Right. Ian Cole, very tall, a lot taller in real life yeah. than he appeared on the ice. It's the stilts. Yeah. <laughs> Taking on the Blues tonight. Squire, back to you. Now, so far this season, Philip Hironic and Quinn Hughes are in the top when it comes to ice time, top 10. Hughes is ninth. Uh, last season, he was fourth in the NHL when it came to ice time. I know Rick Talkett would like to dial it down a bit so he doesn't burn out, but how do you keep your best defenseman off the ice too much, especially if the games are close. Moves towards the middle, Hughes takes the pass, long shot, scores!
If it seems Quinn Hughes is on the ice all the time for the Canucks, you're not far off. Through the first six games this season, Hughes and his defensive partner, Philip Hironik, are averaging over 25 minutes per game. Rick Tockett would rather that number not be so high, but it is tempting to just keep sending him and Hironik over the boards. I mean, for now, I like it, but I, I, I obviously we, we can't do it all year. It's, it's pretty tough. They're so talented and they're so good. I think they want to make something happen every shift, and that's taxing. You know, um, so there's some times where I'd like them to just give the puck to the first guy and let them advance the puck instead of them. Um, but they do a great job. I, I just think I, they got to manage their minutes a little bit as much as the coaches. They have to also. But Hughes especially is such a gifted skater. 25 minutes for him is different than most. And knowing he'll be leaned on heavily, Hughes has made sure he prepared himself over the summer. You know, the big thing for me was a lot of times last year I didn't feel, um, you know, energetic, like I was tired. And for me this whole summer I tried to work on, you know, finding things that you know, are good for my body and that are going to fuel me and taking care of my body. I can play aggressive and, um, you know, bring, bring it the way I want it every night. Hughes was elite last year, but he's taken it up a notch this year, using that skating skill to dominate the game at both ends of the ice. He's an NHL leading plus eight, meaning he's been on the ice for eight more Canuck goals at even strength than they've given up. Obviously, the evolution of him as a complete player, I mean, he plays against everybody's top line. Um, takes a lot of pride in that and doesn't give up much when he's on the ice, it seems like. So he's a special, special player, and uh, he's a winner. Like, he wants to win badly, and he'll do whatever it takes to get there. And he, every shift in every game he plays, you can tell. Pass at the back of the net. We've also noticed a few more spinoramas, or quinoramas, another sign the confidence is at an all-time high. Is his spinorama unstoppable? His spinorama? Yeah. Uh, it's pretty good. I'm glad I'm not, I, I try not to pick my moments against him in practice to, to be aggressive on that. But uh, there's a couple players in the league that have that play down, and he's certainly one of them. Ah, Connor Bedard against Vegas. Now, he's already scored against Vegas this year, and he did it again tonight. Three goals so far this season, and two of them are against Aiden Hill. Fellow BC boy and the Vegas Golden Knights. And actually, Chicago won this game in overtime. First blemish for the uh, Golden Knights this year. The Whitecaps LAFC best of three playoff series starts tomorrow in Los Angeles. It might not be the most beautiful of the beautiful games you'll ever see. There have been 14 yellow cards in the last two matches between these teams. Now, the Whitecaps don't have the overall talent LAFC has. So maybe if Vancouver can play in that gray area, use the dark soccer arts. Just enough to get LA off its game. Things could go the Whitecaps way. Obviously you hope, you know, guys just want to play, but I think there's going to be, um, it's going to get chippy at points. Um, yeah, hopefully, like I said, it doesn't turn into like a mass um, ordeal between players and between teams. But um, if that's what it takes to get the edge over teams, we're going to have to um, use that to our advantage. But we've shown what type of team we are and how well we can play when we're on the front foot and um, all cylinders are firing. So I think bringing that edge is definitely going to take us over. Rugby World Cup, third place game, England-Argentina. Championship final goes tomorrow, South Africa, New Zealand at noon our time. Whoa, Theo Dan with the block. That is the play of the game. Takes it in for the try, and England hung on for the 26-23 win to take the bronze. England was second at the 2019 World Cup. Big game tomorrow.
Prediction, rugby guy? I'm thinking the All Blacks are going to beat South Africa is what I think. Sorry, Andre, my South African neighbor. Very sorry about that. Be a good game, though. Thanks. Thanks, Squire. We're back with Satellite 3 next. Say no to bad, say yes to good with satellite debris, and you'll know what I'm talking about in a couple of minutes. Okay. Um, first, though, it's too bad Sophie's not here tonight because she really loves the talking dogs, talking cats, basically right. anything that talks that normally wouldn't talk. These first two commercials have a talking dog and a talking cat. Just to be clear, Chris and I like them too. <laughs> That's right, we do. The company goes to the firstborn, Audrey. The model train set is entrusted to Todd. Mr. Marbles will receive recurring deliveries for all of his needs in perpetuity, thanks to auto ship from Chewy. I always loved that old man. What's it say about the summer house? Yeah, the beach the house. summer yeah. residence goes to Mr. Marbles. <laughs> Plot twist. I'm sorry, what? Doesn't make logistical sense. Unbelievable. Pets aren't just pets. They're more. You got a train set, Todd. Save more on what they love and never run out with auto ship from Chewy. You like that bone? I got a great price on it. Did you see my tail when that Chewy box showed up? Oh, I saw it. Sorry about the vase. Can we just say vase like normal people? <sighs> Fine. I always wonder what it would be like to have a tail. Maybe you did one time. Maybe a thousand years from now, I'll be tailless using that Chewy app to get you great prices on treats. I'm pretty sure it takes more than a thousand years. Vase. Pets aren't just pets. They're more. Vase. Save more on what they love with everyday great prices at Chewy. <laughs> I, I think this is the one you meant. The what was you? What did you say before it started? I think it was say no to bad, say yes to good with satellite debris. Okay, I think this is what you meant. to stuff breaking. Don't get used to stuff breaking. Black Ladder Workwear. Say no to bad. Jack Links presents Messing with Sasquatch. Watch this. Don't mess with other snacks. Choose Jack Links jerky made with 100% beef. All right, to either of you, have you ever eaten Marmite? Yes, I find it delicious. No. You haven't eaten it, Chris, is, you just don't like it? Is it like the marmalade with, I don't know oh, what it no. is. Oh no, it's like taking roast beef and spreading it, spreading it on, on toast. Interesting, anyway, <laughs> let's, uh, let's discuss let's further, see. shall we? <laughs> I created a film so powerful, it can turn Marmite haters into lovers. Marmite lover or hater? Hater. Oh, I hate a hater. It tastes like bin juice. And we're not allowed to swear. So what do you like on your taste? Jam. Definitely chocolate spread. Do you think this film will work on you? <laughs> it wouldn't happen. That would happen. 
imagine Marmite spreading on hot crumpets? Chocolate spread is dead. You will now make a great breakfast choice. Focus on my words when I speak. Open your mind to the possibility that Marmite is not yuck or gross. It does not make you want to hurl. You are beginning to love Marmite. <laughs> Scrummy. <laughs> this is mad. I can't believe this. Scrum jam. You can keep your jam. I've wasted my life, really. Is that video legal? That's wrong, but like you've changed me. Marmite is your friend. You've hypnotised me into liking this, and I don't even like it. I'll take it with me. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Love it. Mesmerizing. <laughs> and you didn't even need that commercial. No, I already love it. I married a, I married a Canadian Brit, and and so there you go. They love Marmite. I've it's never lovely. tried it. All right. Uh, no. What are we talking about for the weekend here, Christy? Well, it's pretty nice for the weekend. We are expecting sunshine right across the province, in fact, but it will be cold, as we well know, warming up into the early part of next week, still keeping cold or dry for Halloween, it looks like, which is great. All right, that's the best we can hope for, but we'll keep checking in just to see. Thanks very much for watching, everyone. Have a great weekend.